0: Welcome to the Solomon's Porch Podcast, the podcast from the worship experience of Solomon's Porch at Valdosta First United Methodist Church. We want you to be encouraged and inspired in your faith journey. So sit back and relax, unless you're driving or using heavy machinery, and enjoy. Good morning, everyone. Merry Christmas. I am not Shannon, as you can tell. But I always love uh, the opportunity to be able to, to share my heart uh, in this setting. Uh, the Solomon's Porch uh, worship experience is like none other. And it's, it's, uh, it's a place where we get to come in uh, and be in God's presence, presence of others, to be family together and to, to strive toward all that God has for us together, to walk the journey of faith together. I love that about this church, uh, and I love that about the Solomon Sports Ministry. Uh, today we're wrapping up our No Vacancy uh, series, uh, and it's, been, it's our Christmas series that we've been in for a few weeks now. We took a break from that last week and, uh, and enjoyed some awesome, wonderful Christ, uh, Christian. <laughs> it's Christian, all right, but it's also Christmas but I, I want uh, you guys to um, show your appreciation for our wonderful musicians that come up here. They are volunteers, but they are professionals in every way. And uh, they love Jesus, and they're extremely, extremely talented people. Yes, amen to that. That's right. So, uh, But we, we want to wrap up this series uh, we want to kind of go in a little bit different direction today with the no vacancy thing. And you guys know the idea that if you're first time here, uh, basically we've been in this series called No Vacancy, uh, which, which uh, refers back to uh, the time when Jesus was born. And obviously you guys, everyone, most everyone knows the story that when it, was, when it came time for Mary to give birth, uh, they came to uh, a hotel, an inn, a motel, as it were. And there was what? No room for them. But we want to make room this morning for Jesus. Amen. We want to make room for all that God has for us. And I got to thinking about the Advent time of year, the Advent season. Um, If you're like me, I grew up not really celebrating Advent. I knew what Advent was, but I, I was unfamiliar with all that it held Uh, for us as believers. And I gotta tell you, over the last five or six, seven years, God has really, really spoken to my heart through the celebration of Advent, which is the four the four weeks leading up, the month leading up to Christmas. You know, we kind of rush through we rush through this Christmas season to get to Christmas Day. And then to get over the hump of that, right? It's getting over the hump for lots of different reasons, the chaos, the present buying, all this, the, the visiting of, of the, the relatives you don't really like that much, right? Um, or, or what have you, cooking, moms, grandmothers. You just want to get over the hump of Christmas. Okay, so you're over it, we think, right? Almost. But along comes the new year, and there's a whole new excitement, anticipation, longing for new things, newness, and there's a lot of that that goes on in our lives in the chaos of life. We are anticipating constantly, constantly all sorts of things. We're anticipating. We don't we never ever stop anticipating. And the advent time of year is about anticipation. You know, advent that word means waiting for something big to happen. Waiting for something or someone to arrive or something huge to happen. Now, Advent, of course, who's familiar with Advent and have celebrated Advent all your life? If you're some of the few in here, raise your hand. Most of us aren't. Who is unfamiliar, generally speaking, with Advent in here? All right. Well, you are like me. Uh, as I, I didn't grow up with Advent, I, I knew the word, I kind of heard it. You know, it's something to do with church, I guess, you know, with Jesus, yeah, right, baby Jesus, right? But Christmas, you know, we, we, I kind of I learned later in life what Advent was about. And here's the Webster's definition of Advent. It says the arrival of, of a notable person, thing, or event. The second definition is waiting in anticipation for something big. Advent, when we go back to the New Testament, we see the origins of, of this of the celebration of Advent with the people of Israel, right? The entire New Testament, Bible scholars in here, is devoted to the story of God's people, the nation of Israel, and their struggle with the longing and the anticipation for an individual to show up, that individual being The Messiah. They didn't know his name was Jesus at the time. They just knew that God had promised big things for them. They knew that God had promised a deliverer, a Messiah. And and when things, God started giving these little individual messages to prophets in the Old Testament, it started to get really specific on what God was going to do. The best example, I love this, the best example I could ever give of this was the prophet Isaiah when he, in several chapters of the book of Isaiah, gives a description of Jesus, Emmanuel, the, 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 the Messiah, the one that was going to save the world, gives such a, a, a specific description of him that it was almost as if it had already happened. He was bruised. For our iniquities, you ever heard that, Isaiah fifty three, he was broken for our sins. He was. It. He wrote it in past tense, and Isaiah wrote this four hundred plus years before Jesus was ever born. God gave him such a specific message, and and Isaiah believed it so, with with all his heart, and, and knew it was going to happen, to the point that it, in his mind, it had already, It's like it's like it already happened. Isn't it amazing? What God, the message that God had given, the promise that God had given to his people. That is Advent. The, the nation of Israel, if you know anything about the people of Israel, they were in and out of slavery uh, for hundreds of years. They, they bounced around from country to country being this nation's slave and the Roman Empire's slaves and the Babylonians and the Egyptians. And they just went around and they just kind of were pinging around. And millions of people enslaved. And they longed for to be set free. That's what Advent is. Advent harkens back to that. And it's anticipation of what God will do. But it's also a longing for what God wants to do. It's, it's what God has done, celebrating that, and also to long for what God will do. Are you with me there? Advent people, right? People that weren't, didn't grow up with it like me. Southern Baptist, uh, you know, background right here. Uh, Just missed it. Just missed it. I'm not knocking my in the way I was brought up, but when I entered uh, the Methodist Church, one of the coolest things was the emphasis on the Advent time of year. The anticipation of what God has done. The celebration of what God has done and the anticipation of what God will do. So, these, the, the last couple days, uh, we've celebrated Christmas. Our Christmas Eve services, our senior pastor, Bob Moon, uh, preached a message entitled, What Are You Looking For This Christmas? Now, the first thing we, we, you know, our kids think of is, what am I going to get for Christmas on Christmas morning? What, what, am, what am I looking to get? What am I looking to happen on Christmas? Well, I want this, this, and this. But I want to add an extra thought to that. What I would ask myself and you guys this morning is, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Now Christmas is over, so to speak, and we're looking, we're peering into the new year. But I want to ask this question of myself and be honest, what am I really anticipating? Am I in, in, do I live in anticipation of what God desires for my life? Do I live with excitement and longing and groaning just like the nation of Israel did to be delivered from slavery, from bondage? Do I long for that same kind of deliverance and hope and life, To be, for God to breathe that into my life, for it to change my outlook on not only my life in general, but the future, 2016, it's upon us. And our prayer today should be, God, I want to anticipate what you, I want what you want from me. And I want to, I wait for that. I long for that. What are you waiting for? You know, when Bob, one of the things that I mentioned Bob, that I, about Bob's message, what are you looking for this Christmas? It um, goes right along with our no vacancy idea of making room for God to do things in our lives. So many times we desire for God to do things, and we really, really want him to. But we don't make the room in our hearts, in our schedules, in our financial lives, in our marriages, in our, in our friendships, in every area you can think of. We don't make the room. We don't allow, for, allow the room God needs to do what he really wants to do. To bring life, to bring redemption, to bring hope into the chaos of our lives. You know, in the deepest places of my heart, when I ask the question, what am I waiting for? The first thing, I got to be honest, the first thing I think of is maybe better finances. Better financial standing. Get out of debt, which is not bad. Uh, Maybe... uh, I want God to do something specifically in relationships or friendships or my marriage. Maybe you're here. And the first thing you're thinking of when you're thinking of waiting and anticipating uh, for for something to happen is a a better situation for for you and your, your family and yourself. Better job, better finances. You're waiting for God to heal your marriage you're waiting for God to heal a broken relationship. You're waiting for God to put the pieces back together of the chaos of your life. I'm there too. I'm there too. Or maybe you're just waiting for God to just show up some way in some big fashion in your life. And take the chaos that is my life and your life and turn it into something beautiful in anticipation of what God will do. And also, in celebration of what God has done, coming down to earth in the form of a baby and rearranging history, the year was nineteen eighty one or eighty two depending on who you ask in my family. I was uh maybe three, four, and uh, I don't remember much of this. I just remember a little flash you know when you're when you're under five, you just get a little you know Photographic flashes of things that happen in your life, and anybody remember very specific things at two or three? Probably not in here, right? And they get fuzzier as you get older. But this one memory, I, I remember quite well because the story—the story has been told a lot. When I was three or four, there was—we um, had this uh, uh, homecoming uh, celebration at my church, Northside Baptist Church. Amy Smith, grew up, we grew up in the same church. Can you believe that? Um, she's good little bit older than me right just a few years i shouldn't say that but i said it i'm sorry but uh we'd have this big this, our homecomings were big things and you know dinner on the grounds and stuff and, and it was, you know big big times but mom mom and dad drove separately that day for some reason usually we drove as a family but somehow my dad had to be there early and i came with my mom anyway we 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 ate we conquered we went home except I didn't go home with my parents. My dad left. My mom left. And they left me at the church. And I can remember, the only thing I remember about this whole situation is being sitting on the, the front steps of what was um, the entrance to like the nursery. It was the old fellowship hall at the time, you know. Um, but I'm, I, all I remember about that situation is me sitting there, you know, with my hand like this just waiting just waiting not panicking I didn't you know I got left a lot when I was a kid Um, (laughs) try to tell me something I don't know maybe maybe (laughs) so unsuccessful (laughs) leaving the child somewhere I got left in Toys R Us and other other places just because I was enamored with you know you know, action figures or whatever's going on, and parents are like well, you got. It's like it's a lot like Home Alone and Kevin. You get left a few times. You start to have a complex about why you're being left. But I just remember sitting there on the step, the front steps of that church, and um, one of the nursery workers uh, just kind of was there with me, just you know peering out and waiting for you know Mom and Dad Crenshaw to show up, and just with my my hand like this, chilling, waiting anticipating the arrival of mom and dad. You know, the people of Israel kind of knew that anticipation. They knew the waiting. And they waited. And they waited. And they waited. Generation after generation after generation of slaves. So many generations were born and died in slavery, never being free, never knowing the Redeemer, the Messiah, never seeing that happen, and then finally, folks, it happened. Isaiah seven fourteen. This is one of the early things that uh, messages that God gave Isaiah. If you can follow along with me, it says, therefore the Lord Himself will give you a sign: the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. I will call him. Emmanuel. This is 400 plus years before this took place. That blows my mind. I can't get over it. I repeat it all the time. My students hear me say it. Anytime we talk of Christmas and, and, and the Advent time of year, I mention this. What God gave Isaiah was so uh, profound and exact. That and 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 Isaiah stood on that promise so firmly that it was as if it already happened. Amazing. Therefore, the Lord Himself will give you a sign: the Virgin will conceive, and He will call Him Emmanuel. Written four hundred plus years. That's the anticipation we're talking about. And if you read on all through the New Testament, you see these signs of longing, anticipating what God's going to do. Psalm one thirty says, "Out of the depths I cry to You, Lord." Lord hear my voice let your ears be attentive to my cry for mercy for you lord keep a record of kept a record of sins if you lord kept a record of sins lord who could stand but with you there is forgiveness so that we can with reverence serve you i wait for the lord my whole being waits for you and in your in his word i put my hope i wait for the lord you see every two or three sentences you hear this again i wait for the Lord, Israel, put your hope in the Lord. For with the Lord is unfailing love, and with Him is full redemption. He Himself will redeem Israel for all their sins. You know the best part about waiting on God is that He always delivers. And unless you think I'm peddling a a prosperity gospel, I, I'm not. I don't. We don't. We don't teach that here. We don't teach that if you're doing. Everything that God has for you, you're going to be healthy, wealthy, and prosperous. You will be full of life, hope, joy. That's all that God promises. And that is enough, folks. That is enough. When we wait on the Lord, when we wait with our whole being, God delivers. The Deliverer came, folks. He came in the form of Jesus. And everything, everything changed for the human race. I love this scripture, Psalm 62, verses 5 through 8. It says, For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is from him. He alone is my rock, my salvation, my fortress, where I will not be shaken. My victory and honor come from God alone. He is my refuge, a rock where no enemy can reach me. Oh, my people, trust in him at all times. Pour out your heart to him, for God is our refuge. Amazing. You know, we kind of seek redemption in a lot of different places. We seek redemption in our marriages. We seek every fulfillment in every place but the Redeemer. We seek redemption everywhere but in Christ. We seek redemption. Happiness and peace in everything that we can get our hands on, but the only one who can bring peace in any shape or form is Jesus. Don't we? I, I, I that's a disease that you and I both carry. The entire human race—we're we're riddled with this disease of de- self-dependence. I'm gonna, I'm gonna figure it out myself. I'm gonna, I, you know, I only will require God's assistance when it gets really bad. When there's a life-threatening situation or a mess I can't get myself out of, then I need the Redeemer. Then I need the Deliverer. And I will wait on God and I will go begging for God to do something in those situations. But living in anticipation, folks, is living a life, a daily life and a journey of living in expectancy of what God wants to do, not just in your finances, not just in getting a you know a, you know getting ahead of uh, in this world and 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 getting better jobs and 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 having uh, uh, health and wealth and all that stuff. That is a byproduct of God's blessing. It's not the it's not the goal. We don't seek that as a goal for ourselves. Health, wealth, prosperity, peace of mind. You know, Jesus came to bring peace, but he came to pull us, to yank us out of the darkness and the chaos of our lives and sin and to place us in right standing with God, in a right relationship with God that we could not earn for ourselves. So the question is, what are you waiting for? Are you waiting for things to turn around in your marriage? Are you waiting for things to get better at the office? Are you waiting for your financial situation to get better? Are you waiting uh, for the right person to come along so that you can get married and have kids? Are you waiting for just some the right things to happen at the right times? You're, you're, You're anticipating those things. Those are all well and fine but the focus should be folks to wait on the Lord himself because the Lord is the only one that can have can bring any kind of real satisfaction in any of this, right? To wait on the Lord and for the Lord to be the focus, for Jesus to be the focus of all that we are and for him to be enough is something you and I aren't very good at, quite frankly. I mean, we don't don't do that well. We need Jesus plus a lot of other stuff. We need Jesus plus a, a boyfriend, a girlfriend. We need Jesus plus a really good job. We need Jesus plus a, a healthy finance, a bank, you know, bank account. We need Jesus plus uh, all. take your pick. And all of us are different in here in that. But it's Jesus plus this or Jesus plus that. But our hope comes from the Lord. We wait on the Lord alone. We wait in silence. Our hope is in him. He is our rock, our deliverer, our salvation. We rest everything that we are on the person of Jesus. Okay, what are you anticipating in this new year? You know, for me, um, I just want to be content and satisfied with who God is in my life. Notice I said want to be. I I want to be there. I'm not there. I'm not there. But I want God to be my, my all, my everything. I want to be found in him. When I go looking for myself, when I go looking for trying to figure out my life and, and all that, that's going on, I want to be found in the person of Jesus and what he did and what he's doing to celebrate what he's done, to anticipate what he's going to do. We can't answer that. That question. I can't answer the question of what are you waiting for? What are you really anticipating? I, only you can do that. But you—you you know, when we when we say we're anticipating things, what we're really saying is we're really hoping, really hard. We're hoping that it, that something good happens. You know, uh, this past football season, my son was a part of the very first undefeated sixth grade Valdosta Middle football team, Alley Cats. Amen. Woo woo. Yeah, you can clap. That's a big deal. That's a big deal when you come from uh uh you know Wintersville. Um but one thing uh his head coach would say all the time. He said, "Look, he said two teams are going to show up today and he, you know uh Coach Harrell is is fantastic at uh motivation motivational speeches, but he would say, "You know, one team's going to show up hoping, and the other team's going to show up knowing. Which one are you going to be?" And then we We'd, we'd wax whoever it was we played, and he'd get through and he said, see what I mean? He said, one team showed up hoping, the other team showed up knowing and everybody just went nuts, you know, and the sixth grade boys were just going crazy. You know, we can hope that God's going to do some things with the chaos of our lives, or we can know, we can stand on and stand firm in God's promises that he is the deliverer. He is the redeemer. And celebrate not only Jesus' birth, but his life, his death, and Praise God, his resurrection, the end all be all of sin, death, shame, guilt, every bit of that. So whatever you're waiting for this morning, whatever I'm really longing for is found in the person of Christ. Nowhere else, no way can I find it anywhere else. If we're waiting on something, if we're anticipating, longing for deliverance, let it be found in the person of Jesus today. And what, I, what we want to do as we close is I want to pray over uh, the coming year, 2016. We want to pray a, 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 a prayer of blessing over here year. Again, not health, wealth, prosperity. This is for God to do some big, huge things, unexpected things in your life and in my life. But it starts with being content and satisfied and enamored and obsessed with the person of Jesus Christ, just like he is obsessed with you. Let's pray. We, um, we hope for a lot of things. We're desperate for you to come into the chaos of our lives. and We really don't have an answer for all the, the questions that kind of arise. but just like the words that we're about to sing, you are Emmanuel, you are here with us. And you will never, ever let us go. Father, if we're looking for something specific today, let it be found in you. Let the first place we run to is your, is your arms. Let the first thing out of our mouths is, I I, I, I want to seek you, God. I want to seek everything that you have for me in my life. I want to seek everything, every good thing you have for me and my family. I want to rely on you, God, instead of my own talents and abilities. I ache and groan for you to bring about redemption in my heart. Father, my prayer is that we would grow tired of relying on ourselves all the time and being let down, and, and being and relying on others for redemption and hope and happiness. God, I pray that we would get fed up with being let down because we we've, we we've, we've, we seek happiness and hope in those wrong, in the wrong places. God, I pray that you would be with us in this time as we sing sing out to you, Emmanuel, you will never let us go. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Solomon's Porch Podcast. We hope you heard some good practical news in this episode that you can apply to your life. If you'd like, we'd love for you to review our podcast on iTunes and share it with your friends. You can also support our ministry by going to theporchvaldosta.com slash give. Until next time, stay classy, listening friends.